morning, and welcome to the Serving Up a Story podcast. I'm your host, Carol Ann Shaw, and here's a place where we talk about the world of writing, the good things, the bad things, and the ugly things. So pull up a chair, and I hope you enjoy what I'm going to dish up for you this morning. Today, I call this episode, How to Dress like a writer. Yep, because clothes are important, aren't they? Anyway, here we go. I used to think full-time writers spent their days holed up in musty basement suites or drafty garrets, seldom leaving the comfort of their confines except to buy necessary things like I don't know, toilet paper or a 12-pack of Mr. Noodle. And when they did leave their homes, I figured they probably dressed carelessly, were often rude to shopkeepers, and most likely yelled at children who rode their bikes on the sidewalk. I think this is because of movies. Writers in films are often portrayed as reclusive, dysfunctional freaks. But... It would seem that a good number of writers spend their time being very social indeed. They do things like tweet and Facebook and blog and TikTok, and they get themselves LinkedIn and they Skype and the Instagram, and and they're stirring it up weekly on writers' forums. Pre-COVID, they seem to be getting out of their sweatpants quite regularly and facing real people out there in the real world. I saw that they were busying themselves with school visits and author interviews and book signings and readings, and they did it with passion and confidence and enthusiasm. I've watched them for years, and it's all really daunting. Most of these writers are super articulate and and quite lovely and can quote famous dead people with perfect composure and impeccable timing. So when did all this happen? Who, who changed the rules? What happened to the bedhead and the spaghetti stains on the shapeless writing sweater? And, and what happened to the awkward stream of conscious babbling that always seemed to happen when you got trapped by the shrimp plate at a party you never wanted to attend in the first place? Ugh. Look, I got into this whole book writing thing because I believed it was perfectly acceptable for writers to hide away, right along with their suspect social skills. I thought this was common knowledge. I was wrong. A former student of mine, back when I was teaching art at a local high school, once said, Mrs. Shaw, um, you're an okay teacher and everything, but you have the worst shoes of any teacher I know. Yikes. I'll have you know I have since purchased Blundstones because they're cool. You know, Blundstones in the winter, no shoes at all in the summer if I can get away with it. Still, if I'm honest, I've always believed that one of the best perks of being a writer is that there is no uniform. Don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for uniforms and if you have to wear one, it makes getting ready for work a breeze. Uniforms are easy, and they can save you money. 
They are not, however, always attractive. Come to think of it, the worst one I ever wore was back in the 80s when I was going to art school and I worked at a Denny's restaurant, graveyard shift. The uniform was heinous, a flat brown polyester thing with a hound's tooth pattern panel that ran down the center and this ugly little brown bow at the neck. <laughs> I wore it four times a week along with a pair of equally horrid and comfortable shoes. But that period of my life did give me a really healthy appreciation for ugly because my current writing uniform, well, it's all about the ugly. I'm talking specifically about my ugly man sweaters. All of them are oversized and all of them are aesthetically challenged. They are, however, super comfy. And when you're holed up all winter with your laptop and tea that's gone cold, surrounded by empty cracker boxes, comfort is critical. <laughs> but before you judge me, allow me a moment to shout out their magnificence. Here I go. Ugly man sweater number one. It made the cut because while ugly and shapeless, it is argyle. It is also pure wool. Ugly man sweater number two pushes acceptable ugly to the max. A drab olive green, it's kind of a high school boyfriend sweater gone bad kind of a thing. But whatever, it's the coziest sweater I own and I can pull it down over my knees. Bonus! Ugly man sweater number three is pure cashmere. It's a navy blue number, still my hands down favorite, mostly due to its soft as a bunny's ear feel against my skin. There are moth holes on one shoulder, but I will never part with it, ever, because cashmere. It's February 1st today, which means we've seen the backside of winter and it'll soon be time to pull out my favorite t-shirt collection. But when next winter rolls around, I know I'm going to feel the urge to add to my ugly sweater collection probably around mid-October. That always feels like New Year to me. It's when I feel most creative and probably start working on a new book. And working on a new book can do things to a person. So can autumn. Makes you think about things. Autumn makes me think about rain and soup and puddles and a new cardigan. Yeah, maybe one with big, ugly wooden buttons. Yeah, think Mr. Rogers. Think big pockets where I can stash dog biscuits and lip balm. Or maybe... I don't know, maybe I'll find an oversized fisherman knit cable gem previously worn by a grizzled boat builder from the Maritimes who smoked a pipe and, and had a loyal black Labrador named Jock. Hmm. But I won't actively seek Ugly Man Sweater number four. I know that it will find me when the time is right. So... I guess at the end of the day, dressing like a writer means 
wearing what feels right for you. Dress to the nines or stay in your pajamas. If it works, it works. That's the beauty of it. There are no rules. Ha. Okay, back to work. And um, just in closing, just so you know, I've never really been a fan of that shrimp plate at the party. There's just something about shrimp. I think it's the texture. Just saying. Anyway, that's it for now. Thanks for stopping by and happy writing. I'll see you next time.